from what's on to what matters. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning, only on Newcastle Live. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. The uh, Australian Bureau of Statistics released uh, some statistics yesterday that found nearly a quarter of women have experienced emotional abuse by a partner. Now, the new analysis of, uh, of this data, it is the Personal Safety Survey, and uh, it estimated that 23% of women, 2.2 million, and 16% of men, 1.4 million, had been emotionally abused by a current or former partner since they turned 15. Emotional abuse, which is also now known as uh, coercive control, is the more common language that we use for that now, has been defined as a form of domestic and family violence where perpetrators intimidate, isolate and manipulate a victim survivor to make a victim afraid and dependent upon their abusers. Joining me in the studio now, as you would be aware, uh, Newcastle Live is very much behind and a supporter of What Were You Wearing? And uh, joining me in the studio now are two of the board members of that group. Good morning, Lisa Richmond. Good morning, Tracy. And Demi Ann Parkinson. Hello. Hello. Nice to meet you. You too. Lovely to have you in the studio. Now, you are both, uh, you are both identify as survivors who are now advocates. Yeah. Demi, tell me uh, tell me your story before we get we get into uh, into this specific uh, topic, but tell me your story and how you became uh, you went from being a uh, a survivor to an advocate. Yeah, so um I was actually in a domestic violence relationship uh, until 2020, so it took me a long time, probably about a year to actually understand the depth of what has happened. Uh, So I was very ashamed of what I went through and thought that it was a problem with me and that I should be embarrassed about it. Uh, And then after getting involved with what you're wearing, I became extremely passionate and um, just want a lot of people who are domestic violence and sexual assault survivors as well, just to understand that this is not your fault and that you should not be embarrassed for what's happened. So I've just, yeah, become extremely passionate about standing up for what I believe in and yet advocating for those who unfortunately um, don't have a voice and don't feel comfortable enough to speak about it yet. And I've had the same conversation with uh, with Sarah Williams, who is the founder of uh, of What You Were Wearing in Australia. And she had very much the same conversation that uh, she was afraid, she was, she was concerned. To look at her, she is such a strong woman and such a strong person. It's hard to believe that, that in any way, shape or form she could be intimidated. And looking at, at you as well and, uh, and those people who have been part of any of the marches that What Were You Wearing have been, uh, have been in charge of, you're the person out the front, you're the voice that yells and screams to us, you are so positive, you are so out there, you are so strong. What made you become the victim in this circumstance? It, it's just hard to... It's hard to understand, but it shows that anybody can become a victim of this, can't they? Yeah, so I was um, 18 years old when I first got with um, my abuser and obviously it was my first ever relationship. I didn't know what to expect. Um, So I thought the behaviour that he was showing was normal and that he would always put the blame on me, that I deserved it, that it was all my fault. Um, So obviously people who can emotionally manipulate you they are like you know have tendencies of um, sociopaths so they know how to manipulate you into thinking that this is your fault and that you actually did deserve it it wasn't until later on um, when my friends started to see what was actually happening is that I realized that there was actually something wrong and that this isn't normal behavior and this isn't love yeah 
Yeah, it, it's not love, is it? It's control and, and obsession. Yeah, and mm. obviously they um, isolate you from so many people, you know, your family, your friends, that you feel like if you do leave them, you're going to have absolutely no one. Like I was pushed away from my family and my friends and my family are the most important people to me and I was pushed away from them. Uh, so when I actually did leave... Um, I was told, you know, you're not, you don't have anyone to love you. No one is going to support you. And now it's shown as that I have so many more. I've lost one person in my life, which was a blessing. But I have gained so many more people around me who actually do care about me. Lisa, you were uh, you were nodding in the background then. Um, tell me, uh, tell me your story. You have uh, you've mentioned it a couple of times here on Newcastle Live previously. But for those listeners who uh, who didn't hear it the first time around, you were also in, in an abusive relationship. Yeah, I was 19. And I think as well, you know, Demi and I were, were both so young that, as she mentioned, you, you just sort of think that that's how it's meant to be. That's what love is. That's the way that things are, I guess, and, and what you deserve in a relationship. But, um, you know, I was with that person for a few years. And uh, it was a very, you know, it was a, a violent and emotionally abusive um, relationship and yeah it's it's what they do is they make you think that you're the problem and that this is your fault the isolation um, you know I I went for so long without you know, I, I lost so many friends um, just they I, I was just pushed away from them I suppose and mm. um, they it's what these sort of people do is they want you on your own so that you're your most vulnerable and that you rely on them and that you're you're dependent on them and that they are your whole world so that there's no way that you can leave and um you know obviously both Demi and I were able to leave those situations and you, you know, it's hard it's mm. absolutely terrifying i'm not going to say that it's not hard that yeah. um you can get out of it and you can get past it and you can have a better and brighter future because you don't deserve that nobody does no no one does how do you two feel now do you feel safe in your life do you feel you know do you feel like you've walked away from that or do you occasionally look over your shoulder and and go well hang on is someone coming again or do you do you have that that concern that you may go into a relationship again that that you may not see this coercive control yeah so um i've been separated for two and a half years and i still really struggle um with relationships i've seen a few people but i just you know obviously from my background and you know the trauma that I was put through it's very for me it's very scary uh, to put myself back into those it's difficult yeah I um up until probably only a year or two ago I had a real lived in the real fear of you know seeing this person out and I still do Mm -hmm. um I still do have that fear like absolutely you know um and there's always that thing in the back of your head of what if you see that person when you're going somewhere. Mm. Um, and uh, that happened to me about six months ago. I happened to be in the same venue as this person. And um, I was really shaken up for a few days. Um, and even, I mean, to be honest, even having conversations like this, I couldn't imagine myself putting you know, myself out there um, for mm. people to listen to this uh you know, even a year ago, but I think something that, um, and the the reason that I joined What Were You Wearing um, at the end of last year was because I feel like I'm at the point where I'm ready to use my experience to help other people and turn it into that sort of positive rather than just, you know, living in this, this fear and thinking, you know, living back in those times. Um, and it's, 
it's been really empowering um, to, you know, be a part of the the organisation and, and the community that we're building. And um, it's absolutely devastating to have so many people feel that they want to be involved and come to the marches and things like that because everyone's been affected or touched by domestic or sexual violence in mm-hmm. some way. But um, it's also so amazing to see all these people out. And, you know, it's every single march we have, I think, or every event we have, um, you know, I, I just think, like, I don't want to be here, but we have to be here. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the statistics that have come out are that um, women and men who experience childhood abuse. Now, we're obviously we're not talking about sexual abuse now. We're, we're talking about emotional, emotional abuse. Um, many of them, uh, you know, who... A lot of people who either were affected by it themselves or witnessed parental violence as a child, they're more than twice as likely to be to experience this partner emotional abuse in in adulthood. Are you seeing that through some of the people that you're you're seeing come through that there's a, another generation who didn't understand what coercive control was and that people like yourselves weren't talking out back then that uh, you know we do somehow have this this second generation coming through. Yeah, so I think uh, coercive control isn't spoken about enough. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know the signs that domestic violence isn't just physical violence as well. There's so many different components to domestic violence. I personally did know that you know until I actually spoke to a psychologist and I started speaking to my family and my friends about what has happened I didn't realize that that was domestic violence Mm. I had no clue you know what it was because I wasn't taught as a kid and I never understood you know what domestic violence was it Mm. wasn't spoken about or anything Um, I was very lucky I came from a very very loving family home Uh, so I was always showed what you know, loving family is like and what it is to be in a healthy relationship. But I've seen some of my friends who have been in, you know, families who, you know, have unhealthy relationships Mm. is that they're more sustainable to actually go into those types of relationships because they haven't been, you know, demonstrated what a healthy relationship Mm. is and, you know, what are the signs that you're not in a healthy relationship. And these people, um, they're quite clever, aren't they? I mean, they... I often talk about my, you know, I jokingly talk about my daughter loves to push my buttons. Now, that's a a 14, 15 year old. But these people are very, very clever, aren't they? Once they find something that either annoys you or something that um, that is particularly concerning to you, whether it be, you know, you've got a big nose or you've got this or you've got that, they hone in on those things, don't they? And that's that's where they shatter your self-confidence. Yeah, 100 percent. And I feel like Um, you know emotional abuses the stuff that they say they know that you're insecure about these things but they feel you know I was told you know no one will ever love you I'm the only person that will ever love you because they they know what to say um, to make you stay and to make you feel isolated Mm. as well yeah I was the same like look at look at me and then look at you like who would ever love you who would ever want you nobody would like you should stay here it's oh my god yeah see and I've said this to you you know privately and publicly for me, as somebody looking at, at you and, and the, the beautiful person inside and out you are, the self-confident mother you are, the self-confident person you are, you and I only discussed this when we did the first march and, uh, and you and I drove home. And that was the first time that I ever heard your story from you. And, um, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't define who you are or make who you are no. fr- from anyone who hasn't ever seen you. But it's just an extra element that just makes me go, Wow, you know, it, it can really happen to anybody, and it's the same with with uh, physical domestic violence. And I speak quite regularly with Mel Histon from mm. Got Your Back Sister, and that's the one thing that Mel and I both always share: the fact that 
the person who is is part of this coercive control or the domestic violence with with whether it be be hitting or whatever it may be the people who are in it really surprise you because they go on in their daily life. They lead very high-profile lives, a lot of them, um, whether it be the male or the female. And, and let's be very honest about that. It is both males and females. We, we can yeah. be bitches as well when we want to be. Um, but, you know, it is really surprising at times, isn't it, the, the people who, who put their hands up and say, yes, I've been a victim of either coercive control or domestic violence. And, and it's really tough. Yeah, it's it is something again. It doesn't discriminate, and it happens to people of all genders, um, of all sexualities, um, of all backgrounds. And um, I think that that's something that you know our organisation is so passionate about, um, shining a light on that. It's it's something that yeah, again, it affects all of these different people from different demographics. And no matter who you are, your story matters. Um, we. Um, you know, we we personally we don't really use the words victims. We use the words survivors because you've survived Absolutely. this, you've come through this. Um, what's happened to you doesn't you're not victimized. It doesn't, as you said, it doesn't define mm. you. Um, and it's it's something that nobody should be ashamed of for for reaching out for help and for um, for saying, hey, something's not right at home. Um, you know, what what can I do? I, I need some help here. Um, and I think that it is harder for some demographics and, and some genders mm-hmm. to do that. Um, but again, you know, our organisation is so passionate about um, sh- showing support for, for all people and that you can get help and there is help out there. How hard is that first step? Oh, it is ridiculously hard. Um, I think the first step in leaving a domestic violence relationship Um, or coercive control is to actually speak up and tell people what has happened and that is honestly the hardest I think that is the hardest thing Mm -hmm. and I think as well like what you're wearing is so useful because sometimes like my parents my friends were the first people who knew what was happening because they saw it but telling my parents what has happened that not only did it break my heart because Mm -hmm. you know they've seen their daughter go through that but it's broken their heart where I think with what we're wearing as well you know we're not strangers but at least you don't have that, you know, emotional involvement with them where you feel like you can't go and speak to someone. Um, so they can come to us and, you know, speak about what is happening. And I think that, you know, it needs to be spoken about more. Like that's why I've become so passionate about it is I didn't even know what domestic violence was when I was going through it. That's why I didn't leave. And I didn't have anyone to speak about speak about it with where now, you know, people can actually, if I'm speaking about what has happened, so many people, you know, they've been able to speak about it and that I feel like is a good first step is that if you've acknowledged it and that you've spoken about it, you are one step ahead and that is always the hardest step is to actually speak about what you've been going through. It really is. Family, domestic and uh, sexual violence can obviously be a difficult topic to discuss and uh, the conversation that we are having now may be triggering for or, uh, for some people. So help is available if you contact 1800RESPECT, which is 1-800-737-732. That number again is 1-800-737-732. Or, of course, Lifeline on 13 11 14. That number again is 13 11 14. Lisa, when I mentioned this to you yesterday and I uh, I said what the statistics were, and you and I are used to, we know what the sexual um, assault figures are like, and they're very similar to these, you weren't surprised at all with the numbers of uh, of these these people that uh, that were identified in this in this study. It's something like 3.3 million Australians. That didn't surprise you at all? 
No, it's um, and I think that that's quite grim, isn't it? To, mm. That you you so yeah, you sent me through um an article with the the latest findings and the latest statistics, and I sort of read it and was like, oh yeah, that seems about right. Mm. And um, that in itself to to not even have that kind of shock of like, oh my goodness, that's terrible. Um, I think that just shows how prevalent the problem is within our society. In that, um, it's. The numbers shouldn't be that. I'm, I'm going to say, like it's 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 wrong. Um, they shouldn't be as high as they are. Those sort of figures of of people who um, report these kind of situations and and these things. But um, you know, I think that the the stories that we hear um, through what we're wearing and um, the stories that we hear online and in the news and um, of of people who have uh, been involved in in violent relationships or um, sexual assaults, you know, yeah, it, it makes sense that the, those numbers are so high because it's it's such a problem. It's it's so prevalent and it's um, I mean, yeah, these this is just what has been reported as well, isn't That's it? That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I can't imagine how high the rates actually are for people who haven't supported and that's the thing. Like one in four, like there's just the rate is just incredibly high and this is just for people who have reported, reported it. Yeah. You know, the rates are going to be so much higher for people who actually haven't reported it. The figures that really do do stun me as well is that uh, 30 to 44 years, this is, this is women, so 30 to 44, 6.7%. And then uh, the next highest group after that is 45 to 54-year-olds. Now, that mm-hmm. to me is stunning. That, that yeah. truly shows that my generation has – we have some big issues here. We have some big issues that, that we need to overcome. And, uh, and then when we have a look at men, um, the, the primary you – know, the, the key age for men is also that 30 to 44 years age group. That's when you should be at the peak of your powers, isn't it? Yeah, I think as well, um, like I've even spoken to my parents about it, they said, you know, sexual violence and domestic violence wasn't spoken about in their generation. So I think as well, you know, at least now uh, with our generation, like especially my generation as well, it's so spoken about. Like mm. people are so open. They actually, you know, they want to speak about mental health. They want to mm. speak about, you know, what we're going through. We're so much more open to um, sexualities. Uh, everyone, I feel like, is just becoming into like a new age where I feel like people are still very put behind, you know, in that age bracket because it wasn't spoken about. Mm. And same thing, I think if it's not spoken about, people aren't going to know what, it actually is and what the signs are and, you know, how to leave a domestic violence relationship or, a, you know, things like that. Yeah. My uh, my hope is that uh, that by your generation and, and organisations like the Sister Code and what we, you know, all of the all of you coming together to actually speak about it is what's going to make, make the difference. Now on to something a little bit more positive. You've got some uh, some great events coming up in the next couple of months that uh, that we can support as uh, as Novacastrians that we can support. So tell me some of the things that we can we can get along to to support what we're wearing. Yeah, so we have a few um, events coming up. So our first event we have is um, Protect Our Children. So it's a Child Protection Week panel. So um, there is Child Protection Week coming up. So it's on Fridays, uh, the 9th of September at 6.30. Uh, next, we have a Sex and Self Love for Survivors workshop. So oh, I, fabulous. I think it's so important um, for people who have experienced, you know, sexual assault. Like after I experienced it, I didn't want to, you know, 
experience intercourse because I was so scared of what was happening. Mm. So I think this is, you know, good to get in touch with your body again and to actually be able to, you know, enjoy pleasure again without having to have... And love yourself again. Yeah, uh, exactly. And I Whether think, it's with someone else or on your own, it's yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. And I think as well, it's not spoken enough about is, mm. you know, sex is so taboo where I don't think it should be like everyone... I'm with you. Yeah. Talk about it. Talk about it. (laughs) Um, So our next one as well is the What We're Wearing fundraisable. So that's on Friday the 2nd of December. So that's going to be our – I know. It's so exciting. It's been in the works for a very long time, so it's great to actually be able to – so do we get to dress up, Lise, in our glad rags or of we have course. to wear orange? Oh, you've got a it's, – so it's black tie theme. Good. Um, so everyone's so excited about it because they can actually get – I get love getting – dressed up. Oh, and <laughs> buying new dresses. There's a dress that I want. I've already got my eye on it because I want an orange one. Good. <laughs> yes. I'm very pleased to hear that. Yeah, so I think um, so many people are excited, you know, for a great cause as well. Lots of opportunities for donations. We actually get people as well, um, you know, businesses and people who create art as well. They can donate stuff that we can put to our raffles as well. Um, so if there's any small businesses that are interesting, uh, interested in donating some prizes and stuff, um, yeah, that would be amazing because that goes, you know, all to our raffles and stuff that raise funds for us in providing our service more. Definitely. Now, if people do want to, uh, to support, if they want to know more about what we're wearing, what's the best way to do that, Lise? So the best way is to follow us on our socials, so Facebook and Instagram. We're very active on there. Um, if you just look up, uh, if you're on Facebook, if you just look up what were you wearing, um, it's got an orange logo and all of our events are listed on there. Um, we're constantly posting um, various um, sort of resources or educational um, posts, um, as well as, you know, we put up a few sort of self-motivation things like that. Um, especially uh, Demi comes up with a few of those, which are yeah. very important. Every, every they Monday, are fabulous. Yep. Uh, every Monday I do um, affirmation posts as well because yeah. I have an app on my phone and it comes on my Apple Watch where about four times a day it sends me positive quotes um, and <laughs> it just it. turns my whole life around. I love it. So I think it's very good as well as like self-care. Like I'm very, very, very big on self-care and yeah, I think it's especially for anyone but especially for survivors, self-care is such an important tool that we can use to our advantage. It yeah. really is, without a doubt. Now I'm going to finish on uh, on an interesting one, one for you both. Have either of you seen um, either the movies or the books 365? No, no, no. Okay, so three sixty five is. Um, it starts out. There's three movies. It starts out with a uh, the the star kidnaps this woman, and it it actually ends up you know, three hundred sixty five days for her to love him. All of those kind of things, but it is the if you wanted a pure description of coercive control, that's it. And yet it is it is a movie. There are three of them. Um, it's quite graphic. Um, but while ever mainstream media continues to to put this kind of movies and uh, you know, it makes it normal. It makes yeah. it, it it's it, three sixty five days. The the three of those are Fifty Shades of Grey mm. on steroids. Yeah, yeah, it's that narrative that it's romantic and that they're woo- it, wooing the partner and whatever. And um, yeah, there's quite a lot. It's it's a thing that runs um, quite prevalent through a lot of TV shows and mm. movies and things like that. Whereas it's, it's actually quite can be quite dangerous and damaging. Yeah, and as well, like as you said, at 365 days it takes for her to love her. People are going to think, oh well, if I do this, you know, it's going to put in their head that 
you know, if I just keep doing it, they're going to eventually love me. Love I think me. it spent, sends an awful message to so many people, mm-hmm. especially younger people, you know, who haven't, you know, spoken about it. They're still developing themselves. If they see, you know, the stuff on the news um, and they see the stuff on movies and TV shows, they're going to think that that's completely normal behaviour and that is completely normal to do. And it is sitting on Netflix. It is one of their their recent releases it's a highlight and uh it it's quite disturbing it, it really is and and i have no idea why i watched it but i did um i watched all three and uh and and if you if you do if you want to see a social experiment about how we are perpetuating what is happening in our society and we are perpetuating this coercive control and this domestic violence this is a case study of exactly why it's continuing to happen yeah exactly because people are you know and especially the media can play such a huge part in our lives so if the media are still continuing to produce shows and um, movies Mm. then they're still pretty much encouraging their behavior because they're showing the behavior and you know what my 14 almost 15 year old can see that yeah and that's not a normal relationship it's the same as, as you know boys being exposed to porn that's not a normal relationship yeah no, so we've got we've not. got a long long way to go yeah. we really do thank you so much for joining me girls i really really appreciate it Thanks, um Tracy. what you are doing with what you're wearing is just fantastic so thank you for coming in and discussing it it is a uh, it is a tough topic but it is uh, it is certainly one that we need to uh, to continue to have these uh, these conversations and we need to not shy away from it either yeah, perfect. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, so Tracy. So if this has uh, caused any concern or triggered anything, uh, please phone 1-800-RESPECT, 1-800-737-732 or Lifeline on 13 11 14. Please reach out. If uh, if you can't reach out to, uh, to a family member or you're finding it embarrassing, please reach out to What Were You Wearing? If you have a look on both the website uh, and on their Facebook group, you'll find all of the details of what you need to know. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Embrace the day with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live.